Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, will be learning Daf Yud Tes in Maseches Chagiga. But we will begin Tanar Abanan, five lines up from the bottom of Yerches Amad Beis. Um, well, words of introduction are in order, unless Barry you want me to read, since Andrew's not here, all the way from the top of Yerches Amad Beis, which is a new Mishnah. This new Mishnah takes us to the end of Seder Moed, when we be Zoche to Misayim it, Misayim all the Shas together. And then Hadron Allah go over it again and again. What do I mean? Well, the Masecha takes a massive shift at the mission on the top of Yerchesim and Beis and gets into the Inyanim of Tumah and Tara. The Rishonim and Achronim discuss why do we finish Seder Moed in the Inyanim of Tumah and Tara. Mind you, we started Shas right in the beginning of Brachos, which is really in Zrayim, right? Right? Mi'emasai. When we say This is in itself the beginning of Shas is a Tuma issue, right? That the Kohanim used to go and they need to be they needed to be Tahar in order to eat the Truma. This is very relevant and we will discuss it soon um, as we finish up Masechas Chagiga over the next ten days or so. The uh, so so the introduction is as follows. We have this concept called Tumah. And we have levels of Tumah. Now, by the way, our Mishnah starts notlin le'yadayim. Anytime you do nagel vasa, right, and you wash your hands, we already know that we're in the world of Darabanan. Because the Torah itself never heard of Natila Yadayim, so to speak. Right, the Kohanim would do Natila Yadayim and Raglaim uh, before the Avoda. But with regards to Tumah and Tara, the Torah talks about dunking your whole goof, right? Your whole body. There's no such thing as becoming tahor uh, or tumas yadaim. It's all the goof and the hands are connected to the goof in the Torah. The Rabbanon put on stringencies on our hands in order to protect, right, to give safeguards over such thing as hektesh, right, kachim, truma, and the like. Now, what are the four levels where Chulin or Meiser Ani or Meiser Rishon, which has a status of Chulin, as we will see. So that is the, that is the least susceptible to Tumah, we'll call it, right? So just like there is a Av HaTumah, right, which is Tumas Mace, and then there's a Rishon Tumah, which is if you touched it, and there's Shani Tumah and Shlishi Tumah potentially, right, Oichel Mashke, and then you get to potentially even Shlishi, um, just like you have those levels of Tumah by association, you also have susceptibility to Tumah. So for example, right, Chulin is the first level. Then you have Meiser Shani, which can become Tame from a Shani Latuma. And that is what our Mishnah means in the very first line on the top of Chesamid base. It says, Notlin Leadaim Lechulin Ula Meiser. It means Meiser Shani, right? And then Ula Truma is his next word in the Mishnah. Truma is the third level. Ula Kodesh, Hekdesh, right, is the fourth level, right? So those, when the Mishnah, when the first line of the Mishnah says, it's actually talking about four levels of susceptibility to Truma, to, uh, right, to Tuma. And that is actually becoming the that is the topic of our Mishnah, that these four levels of susceptibility to Tumah, right, are going to be reflected based on 
whether you're a Rishon, Shani, or Shlishi, or um, Latuma, the most you could be for Kodesh is Ervi Latuma. And the topic of the Mishnah is whether you have to have a Kavana when you do your Tvila. As the Mishnah says, we'll just say the line, Tava Lachamar Mutter Lakal. What does it mean? We'll say it outside as follows. When a person goes to be Tovel in order to be able to eat, let's say, Truma. So he has to have Kavana that the Tvila is going in order to be Metahir him, in order to enable him to eat Truma. That is something that has to be intentional. If he just, obviously, if he just went in and he said, I want to bathe in this mikvah, so then you don't get, you can't even eat chulin when you get out of there. Okay, but let's say you go in the typical way. A person just says, I'm going to dunk in the, in the, in the mikvah because I want to be tar. I don't want to be tame anymore. So the lowest level is, might, you might be chal. In other words, you may not have to have kavana that is specific in terms of what kind of uh, susceptibility to me you want to eat. You may not have kavana. You may not need to have kavana for chulin in order, and that's going to be where we pick up over here <coughs> on the bottom of your chesam base. But in order to, let's say, for example, eat truma, so then you have to have kavana to be purified for the purposes of eating truma. So you're a coin, right? Because only the kohanim are eating truma. And so the coin has to have the kavana. I am dunking in order to purify myself so that I can eat truma. If you had kavana to enable you to eat hekdesh, so that's going to be the chamur. And so if you're pure enough to eat hekdesh, you're pure enough to eat anything, right? But if you had kavana, let's say, to eat meiser, meiser sheni, then that is uh, less susceptible, right? Uh, and that is a lower level, so to speak, of tahara. And therefore, if you had kavana to eat meiser sheni, and in so doing, you dunked with that kavana, you cannot eat truma. Right, but the but the reverse is not true. In other words, if you had kavana to eat truma when you dunked, you sh- will be able to eat truma and also meisasheni. That's what it means when it says, right, tovel lechamar muter lekal. That if you were tovel for the truma, you could eat meiser. If you were tovel for the hekdish, you could eat truma. Right, but the reverse is not true. In other words, if you're only tovel for let's say chulin, you cannot eat meiser, truma, or hekdish. Okay, so that is uh, basically. A, uh, an introduction, by the way, like we said, Natilas Yadaim. So we know of Natilas Yadaim for bread. So I heard from Ari Libu, it's a great uh, Yomi master, I think it was, or maybe it was Simon Wolf, that this is a big issue why we do Natilas Yadaim for bread. El Chazunish says it's some sort of residual thing to do with uh, bread being similar uh, to the grains of Truma, I believe. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not so pasha. In other words, why would we wash a dime? We know famously when we learn the Mishnayas, and we will see it in our own Gemara, that we wash our hands, you have to have Heksher Tumah for fruit, right? And you used to wash our hands when we were, uh, we were learning all the Gemaras about the fruit and about the, the Tumah and Tahara earlier when we were learning in Masechus Shabbos, and it came up, right, in, in, uh, in Masechus Psachim. So we talked about, uh, Heksher Tumah of fruit you know, they're becoming moist. And we will discuss that today as well. So why it would be for bread, bedafka, bismanazeh, is an interesting question in general. And we'll just also mention that a tvul yom is somebody who did the tvila, and we know that for certain levels of tahara, and if you want to eat truma, for example, you need to wait, right? That is the first mishnah in shas, right? That the kohanim, when they were nichnasim lechol betrumasan, they had to wait, right? That 
uh, is uh, that has a status of a sheni latuma when you're waiting for the hair of Shemesh. But we've said too much. This is a robust introduction, and I think we're ready to dig in. You ready, Barry? All right, so Tanar Abanan, here we go. Five lines up from the bottom of Yechesim Vez as follows. Says the Gemara. Tanar Abanan, Hanotel Yas Yadov Niskavein. So this is why we have to give the introduction, otherwise none of this would make sense. He did Netilas Yadaim, which is in order to purify yourself on a Durbanan level. And Nitkavin, if you had intention, for what? To do Netilas Yadaim, not just to get dirt off your hands, but to be matari your hands. Yadav Tahoros. Then his hands are Tahar. Lonis Kavin, if you're just kind of washing your hands, Yadav Tameos. His hands are going to be Tame. Bechain Hamat Bil Yadav, right? There's two ways you could do it. You could do use a Nagel Vasar cup, or you could dunk your hands in a mikvah. Miskavin Yadav Tahoros, Lonis Kavin Yadav Tameos. Same halacha. If you have Kavana, you're going to be Tar. If not, it's going to be Tame. Hi, says the Gemara about Tanya. We have a brisa, okay, that says that once you're doing the tilas yadayim, it's assumed that you're doing so in order to be your, your hands, and therefore your kavanah shouldn't matter. So, Amar of Nachman lo kasher, kan lechulin. As we arrive in your testament aleph, kan lemaiser. Oh, so again, this is an interesting, right? Rav Nachman's bringing up the following uh, suggestion that for chulin. This is the point. For chulin, you don't need to have specific kavano. That's the point, right? In other words, you're doing it letaher. You want to be matahir, you're yadayim. But his point is that you do not, right, require a specific kavano of what you're being matahir for, for chulin, right? That's the point. That as long as, that for meiser you do, right? The next level of tara, which would be meiser, and certainly it would be true for trumar or hektesh, but for Meiser, which in this case right, uh, we point out as Meiser Shani, all, over here, where, as we said, for Meiser Ani and Meiser Rishon, it would be different, but that has the status of Chulin. But wherever we say Meiser, we mean Meiser Shani. For Meiser Shani and beyond, you need to have a specific Kavana. But for Chulin, you do not have any, to have any specific Kavana, says Rav Nachman. So says the Gemara. What's the source for this? Where's Nachman getting this idea that you don't need to have a specific kavana for the for chulin? because we learned in the Mishnah in Mikvaos. Fascinating Mishnah. This is the Mishnah in fifth parak of Mikvaos that says Gal Shinitlash Ba Uvo saw. If you have a wave, Shinitlash means it looks like it's separated. So imagine a tsunami. Right, the tsunami is coming. Everybody is scurrying around looking for higher ground. This guy is saying, "Wait a minute! I could save myself a trip to the mikvah." <laughs> so he stands in front of the tsunami, and ubar abayim saw. Right, these tsunamis are gigantic. So within the part of the wave that we'll say is above sea level, for argument's sake, right? You're imagining it almost as if it's detached from sea level. There is more than forty saw in that wave. And so, the guy is standing right underneath it to, uh, and he's welcoming this to be Matar himself, to Hiran. Everything's going to become Tahar. That is one, uh, the Gemara's suggestion is the source that you don't need to have a specific Kavana, because after all, says the Gemara, right? The Mishnah is teaching us that a person could be similar to Caleb. Ma Caleb de la well, because the Kalim themselves, they're inanimate objects, right? So obviously they don't have any kavana to be metire for kach. They don't know the difference between chulin or kachin or, or, or truma or any of those things. So they're just, they're just uh, inanimate. 
And similarly, af adam de la So maybe what the Mishnah in Mikvos is implying is a similarity between Kalim and human beings with regards to Tumah. They're just like Kalim don't have any Kavanas, human being doesn't have any Kavanas, and therefore he's Tahar, as the Mishnah in, in Mikvah says, he is Tahar, and therefore maybe you don't need to have any intention for purification for Hulin. Okay. Um, right, the Kalim are only going to be, uh, so, so, so what if you need to use the Kalim? Uh, I didn't think this through when I was learning it, but I mean, can, do you need to have a higher level? I don't know the answer to this. If you're dunking kalim for, to be tahar for, uh, let's say, to, you're going to eat truma on those kalim. Do you need to have kavana for that? I don't know. See, this is what the Gemara is going to say, and this is what Yitzhapar pointed out. There's a possibility, you could have said, that if you're going to create a similarity uh, between kalim and adam, Maybe just, you could say the opposite, right? Just like a, a human being has to have kavana when they dunk, which we already know, for, this certainly, for, it may not be true for chulin, but certainly, right, for truma and hekdesh and those things, a human being would have to have kavana. So maybe when you're dunking your kalim, right, for the purposes of eating truma and hekdesh, you need to have kavana for kalim too. In other words, you would be able to learn that from the Mishnah Mikvahs also. All we learn is an equality between kalim and adam. But who's to say that it's in the direction of Adam not needing to have Kavana? In fact, that is what the Gemara does say. The Gemara says, Umimai, Dilma be Yoshev Mitzape, Emasa Yitla Shagalaskinan. Maybe we're talking about a guy who's having Kavana, Yoshev Mitzape. He's sitting there and he's Dafka being Mechavan for this tsunami to be him. And he has a specific Kavana. Bechelim Dumi Adam. And he would have, and then what we're really learning from the, from the Mishnah and Mikvas. Is that the kalim is similar to an adam? Ma adam devar kavana, just as a human being is a sentient being capable of kavana of intent. Af kalim de mechaven lehu. So too, you have to have kavana for your kalim. Ah, and says the gemara, and in the gemara here, Tzvi um, is going to be happy because I'm going to use Yiddish, which he's comfortable with. The gemara now is going to bavorn the kasha. It's going to anticipate if you're going to say, wait a minute, this case where the person is sitting and anticipating the tsunami, if it's true that he's sitting with full kavanas and he's saying, and he's getting ready for this tsunami, so then what's the chiddush of the Mishnah? I'll tell you, no. Of course, it's still a chiddush, right? In other words, what would be a chiddush? Of course, he's mechavein. He's going to have the benefit of it working. No. You might have thought that a wave doesn't work. In other words, the, the Mishnah Mikvas, by the way, for the purposes of Tumah and Tara, that's what we're using it for. But you know, when it comes to Mikvas, there's a whole sugya with this, with this wave. I'll say it outside. First of all, right, um, if you look two Mishnahs prior to this Mishnah Mikvas, that's the sixth Mishnah in the fifth parak of Mikvas. The fourth Mishnah in the fifth parak of Mikvas has a machalokas, as to whether the sea altogether has a status of a mikvah or a mayan. Uh, you know, we talked about this wave requiring 40 saw. There are a lot of issues. First of all, <clears throat> there is something called a mikvah. What we call a mikvah is still water. It has to be still collected. Rainwater is still water. It can't be flowing. It has to be very well insulated, right? Dafka shouldn't be flowing, right? <clears throat> and therefore, we require 40 saw. The question is, if you're going into, let's say, the ocean, right, a mayan, flowing water, then maybe you don't need 40 saw. 
Then there's another question, as we will see. That's what the Gemara is going to say. We're saying it outside first. Does it, requ- or does it retain that status when it's in a wave form, right? Um, then there's another question. This is important. This becomes uh, relevant right away. If you have, let's say, a stream and it's running down a mountain slope. So there, even 40 saw isn't going to be valid. Why? Because when there is a slope, so then we don't consider it one body of water. The body of water needs to have a certain slope. You know about y equals mx plus b, right? The slope can't be sharp because if it's a sharp slope, then halakhically all the water particles is considered disconnected. It needs to be a body of water. So we have a whole shaila. What is this tsunami? Is it truly a body of water? Is it connected to the sea? Is it considered a, a wave up in the air? In which in case, in order to be considered uh, valid for a mikvah or for purification, it can't just be up in the air. It has to be, right, uh, terrestrial, right? It has to be in one place. It can't be disconnected on the slope. It can't be up in the air. All of these halachos are halachos in mikvahs. They're not our issue. But what the Gemara is saying is that Mishnah Mikvahs isn't really teaching you anything about intent. It's teaching you about the status of this wave, right? What, is it, in fact, valid for a Mikvah? So that's what we, the Gemara is going to say now inside like this. You might have thought that there should be a Gezer on this tsunami. Why? Because if you allow yourself, if you're going to say that this tsunami is going to be you, then you would have come to think maybe you can be toivel in a chardalis of geshamim, which is what we said before. It's a, right, it's like a rainwater down a steep slope, which we know you cannot do. So, or inami nigzor Russian atu kefin. We should say that the reason why you can't use this tsunami is because we're going to say that the head of the detached wave is not allowed because if you are, if we allow you to become um, tovel on that, then we'll allow you to be tovel in the arch of the wave, which we know you cannot, right? The arch of the wave, you cannot, that in itself, the, the physical, right, the physics of this are a little bit uh, complicated, the, but, but be that as it may, the arch of the wave, in that area of the wave, it supposedly is like as if it's up in the air, and therefore you cannot, right, it, because in that section, as Rashi explains, right, it's not valid, that's what that Mishnah discusses. So the answer is no. We don't hold like that, right? Um, and so we holding in that Mishnah Mikvos, like Rabbi Yossi in the prior Mishnah Mikvos, that the sea is in fact considered Mayan, but not at the arch. The arch is considered like it's up in the air. You do not, you're never allowed to be toivel up in the air. And therefore we are not Gozer. Kamash Malan, the low Gazrina. We're not Gozer Russian Atu Kifin, which is to say the head of the detached wave is okay. And we are not Gozer because we don't think that just because you're Metahir by this head of the wave that you're going to come to think that you could be Metahir by the arch of the wave. So all of these uh, issues are what the Mishnah in Mikvahs is teaching you. But it's not teaching you anything about Kavana, right? We're going to have to go back to the drawing board, right, when it comes to figuring out where we learn that you don't have to have specific intent to be Metahir for Chulin. Be that as it may, let's just clarify this last point in the Gemara. Where do we learn that you can't be toivel in an arch of a wave That's uh, because it's considered like it's up in the air? The Tanya, that's a brysa. The brysa says, And often a brysa, the brysa explicitly says, you could be toivel in the head of the wave, but you can't be toivel at the arch of the wave. 
Because the arch of the wave is considered airborne. And it has to be terrestrial in order to be considered a mikvah. Beautiful. Okay, so we reject, rejected the mission of mikvahs. That is tossed. And now we're going to get another source. Here we go. Elamiha. Here's the other source. Not from the Mishnayis in mikvahs, but rather Mishnayis in machshirin. We're getting now a tour of all the Mishnayis nobody wants to take for yard sites, right? Uh, so here we go. The Mishnah in machshirin. It's none. Because we learned in the Mishnah in Machshirin in the fourth parak, Perish Amas Let's say you had fruit that fell into a water, body of water. So you had, let's say, your hand of the tummy. You go reaching the Paris. Now, incidentally, by doing so, right, you stuck, you dunk your head, your hands essentially in the mikvah. Now, it seems like your intention was to get the fruit. Are your hands still going to be clean, incidentally, by having been dunked in this body of water? Let's see. Says the Mishnah in, in, uh, Machshirin. Yadav Taharus. How do you like that? Your hands are clean. Beautiful. As Rashi says, Afa Pishaloni Skaving. No, Kavana, but your hands are clean. And it says, and beyond that, says the Mishnah in Machshirin, Uperos Enan Bechi Yutan. And the prayers themselves are not considered Chi Yutan. Do you remember Chi Yutan, Barry? Oh, we learned this together. I think it was brachos, maybe it was Shabbos, maybe it was Pesachim. All of Moed is melding into one, Barry. Chiyutan uh, is that halacha that we learn, that what? <coughs> that machshirin, that you can, in order to have the hechsher, latoma, there needs to be intent. Do you remember that? The Pasuk said, right, yitain ma'im al-zera, or yutan ma'im al-zera. We learn halacha l'moshim Sinai. Right, that if you placed, if water is placed on a seed, right, then it's considered that tame. Now, the way we learned that halach l'moshem Sinai was yutan means that it has to be intentional. That's the difference, right? Yitain means incidental. Yutan means intentional. What it means is that you have to have, right? The kavana sabal has to be that he wants it, right? Like davar shemiskavin. In order for it to be machshir lakavel tuma, that there's moisture. That was what we discussed. I believe it was in brachos. Maybe it was in Shabbos. Remember we talked about um, the dew, the morning dew. The morning dew is it machshir lakavel tuma? And we said, well, the morning dew. He knows that it's there, but maybe he wants it. Maybe he doesn't want it. The fact that it's machshir lakavel tuma maybe it saves him a little couple of minutes in the morning uh, of his morning prep before he goes to daf, and therefore it is. Right, what kavana, what level of intent do you have to have? Anyway, in this particular case, the individual intended to rinse, rinse his hands in the body of water. Oh, so this is a little bit of an issue here. This is actually the very first Mishnah. This whole idea of yutan is you have to go into Machshirin and you read the first Mishnah in the first parak. That's the first, that's where it really starts, right? So now, the Rashi has to explain the, the, that Right, this level of kavana is always like it. It's always uh, a topic of discussion. How much right explicit kavana does he have to have? Like here, you have fruit fell into the water. He really wanted to get the fruit, but in as much as the fall right was a hechatimtsu for him to rinse his hands, that's enough right of a kavana that he's okay with the moistening of the fruit. Okay, and therefore. Right, that is why it's enough to make it mukshir um, tumult. That becomes a tumult in the mefarshim. But be that as it may, the peros 
in this case, are considered not kiyutan. It's not intentional, right? But be that, but it's intentional enough. Um, his hand sticking, going into the water, and so we find a very interesting, actually, fine line. I mean, if you really wanted to delve into machshirin, you could say, wow, it's intentional enough with regards to his hands, and therefore his hands are tahar, but not intentional enough, right, with regards to the fruit, to make it machshir l'kabal tumah. How do you like that? You find like a litmus uh, dip over here of where it's intentional enough for the hands, but not for the fruit. Fascinating. Okay. So that is why he put his hands in. Right, so now, So now, what's the, what's the raya? Now, if, if it was for the sake of rinsing his hands, Yadav Tahoros, right? So the Mishnah is saying, if he had intention to, right, to, to rinse his hands, then his hands are Tahor, Vaparos, Harein, Bechiyutan. That's where you, what? Pass the threshold where the Paris are Bechiyutan. That is intentional enough because again, so again, the, the Mepharshim I'm going to have to explain. You pass the threshold of Kiyutan. So just saying it outside again. An amazing Mishnah in, uh, in Machshirin. That if you had intention just to rip fruit out of a, of a river, so then that's enough intent to make your hands tar, but not enough intent to, for the Akshara's Tumah of the fruit. But if you had intention of rinsing your hands, then of course your hands are tar. But beyond that, it's, it, that intention is strong enough to somehow make it, and this is where I was reading, and that, uh, then that's when it becomes relevant, that that's an approval of, uh, of the water somehow going on the fruit that fell into the, uh, into the, into the, into the, into the uh, body of water, and therefore, again, kavana, to rinse your hands, somehow makes that water that you're now dunking your hands in more potent for the machshire, right, tuma of the fruit therein, okay? So we're not delving in into machshire now, but for our purposes, we certainly understand that in both cases, whether you had kavana or not, right, whether it's machshire, the, the paris or not, is a fascinating eon topic in its own right. Why would the kavana, to rinse your hand, be machshire, the water on the fruit? But for our purposes, we, we don't need to deal with that yet because all we know is whether he had kavana or not, that ratio of the Mishnah, the first part of the Mishnah is teaching us that even without any kavana at all, his hands are tahor in both cases, right? So that's what's going on here. That is a source indeed to teach you that the tvilas yadaim requires zero kavana, which, was, which is to say zero kavana with respect to Toma. He's, he's sticking it, he's not just like, uh, he's aware that he's doing it, but for Chulin, you don't need to have more Kavana than that. Okay. Now, Ezri Rabbal of Nachman. So having introduced this, we have actually a Brisa, I think. Uh, no, from our Mishnah, we're going to ask a challenge as follows. In our Mishnah, it says, It says, if you, let's say, Tovel, you went in the Mikvah, and you had a specific Kavana, right? For Chulin, Right? So obviously you're asul amaiser, right? Because that's our, what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah explained if you have a specific kavana for a lower level of like chulin, then you're not going to be able to be tar to eat the maiser, which we know means maiser sheni. So that implies hukzak in lo hukzak lo. That if he intended in order to eat chulin, that that's the only case where you're allowed to eat chulin. But lo hukzak, but if you had no intention at all, then maybe you should not be allowed. So, okay, so we have the raya from machshirin 
for for according to Rav Nachman that again, what's the what's the question? If you have no specific intent at all, are you going to be machshir for chulin? So we brought the raya for machshirin, but. Rabba is challenging that. He's being, making a diuk in our own Mishnah, and it makes it sound like only if you have intention for Chulin can you, in fact, be Tahar for Chulin. So to this, we reinterpret the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, no. Kamar. Now this is what our Mishnah is trying to say. In other words, in other words, when you had Kavana for Chulin, you, that really is a pretty high level of kavanah. Because mind you, you're dunking in the mikvah. So if you're just going for a swim, um, then of course you're not going to be tar for anything. But here, you had kavana to make yourself tar for eating chulin. So by definition, that's a quantitatively different kind of kavana. You're having kavana to go and make yourself tar. And so what, that's what our mission is trying to be mechadesh, says the Gemara. That it's trying to be mechadesh. So even though you have kavana to, in fact, purify yourself, it's not enough for meiser. But it doesn't mean that if you didn't have kavana for chulin, that you wouldn't be kasher l'chulin. You'd still be kasher l'chulin as long as you had this vague sort of open kavana to be purify yourself on any level. That's what the answer of the Gemara is. But the Gemara says, is that really true? Eisvei. Tava v'loch zak, uh-oh. Right? The Mishnah... In fact, said that if he was tovel with no intention for tahar at all, kiilu lo tovel. It's as if he wasn't tovel at all. So my love, kiilu lo tovel klal. It doesn't that does Mishnah not trying to say that if he was tovel with no intention for tahar at all, that it's as if he didn't dunk at all? So the gemara lo kiilu lo tovel It just means well, this sounds like he came out of nowhere. Rav Nachman now is starting to sound iffy, right? He, he's starting to shake us because the Mishnah really sounds like. If you didn't have any kavana, you're not going to be even tahar for chulin, right? When it says tavol v'lo huchzuk ilu lo tavol, it makes it sound like if he was tovel without a specific intention, then it's as if he wasn't tovel at all, not even for chulin. How does Rav Nachman get out of it? He says lo ilu lo tavol amaiser aval tavol chulin. He says it's not going to work for meiser. That's what the Mishnah meant, but it doesn't mean. But of course, he's going to be okay for chulin. Uh, is that really true? So this is where Rabbah says who suffered the dochi kamadchilei. Rabba started to think like maybe Rav Nachman is making excuses, right? Like a contractor who says that the car broke down and that's why he didn't come, uh, he didn't come today, right? Meaning like, all right, how many times can your car break down to use that as an excuse? Like, you, really? Is that really what the Mishnah said when it says, I'm not speaking about any specific, by the way, I'm just saying like, I've heard it over the years. So he says, So after Rabba was suspicious of this pshat, he actually went and he discovered that Rav Nachman wasn't making it up. This was, a, this was an actual b'risa, the Tanya, because he found the b'risa that says, Nachman didn't make it up. That's an actual b'risa that he had in his back pocket, which said that if he had no intention specific at all, then sure enough, it says that he's mutter l'chulen. Well, that's, a, that's quite a source so we see, in fact, that if you have vague intentions, as long as they're intentions for purification, you're going to be good morning. So, okay, so now we see that if you have vague intentions, you're still going to be considered uh, okay. Now, getting back to this idea of dunking lakal and not being enough for the chamar, right? Where is this halacha coming from? So let's continue with that. Amar Abelazar in the middle of your testament. Aleph. Uh, where are we? 610. Ah, oh, plenty of time. Did you guys see what the Ahmed Bays look like? We got, yeah, we're good. We're good, hopefully. If we ever, if we get to Ahmed Bays, we're good. So let's see. That's daylight. Amar Abelazar. Tovel ve'ala. A person who is Tovel, 
and he gets up from the, he gets out of the mikvah. This is a fascinating halacha. So he's getting out of the mikvah. He hasn't yet decided what he wants to purify himself for. Should I do hekdesh? Should I do truma? I don't know. Let's see. Machlik atzmo lechol After getting out of the mikvah, that's when, in other words, when's the statute of limitations of when you could have the kavana of what the tevila was for? Do you have to, does it have to be in the year ratzon before you did the tevila? Can it, does it have to be when you're under the water and you're having all the heilige kavanos? Or, or does it have to be like when you're coming out? So, Rabbi Lazar said, when you're coming out of the mikvah. Wow. Okay. Now, Tosfos explains, this is only true if he's still wet. Okay. So, the question is still, we're going to ask, wait a minute. There is a Bryce that says the following. No, 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 no. The Bryce says, it can't just be like he's toweling off. And, he's, and that's when he can have the kavana as to what he was toiled for. He still has to have one foot in the water. Oh. Then, then if he originally had intention for a davar kal, that is when he could change his mind. In other words, he could still needs to have one foot in the door, still in the mikvah, uh, in order to change his mind. However, Allah, once he gets out completely and the foot is out of the mikvah completely, at that point he can't change his mind as to what his kavanas were. In my love, can't you assume that when it says it means that he can't change his, uh, his mind at all? That's what you would think. Yeah, this seems to be connected to Rav Lazar. Rav Lazar seems to imply that he could even change his mind once his foot is out of the mikvah. So the answer is low. This is not necessarily a refutation of Rav because Odehu Alpha Machzik, because the fact of the matter is, if he still has his foot in the water, then even if he originally intended, let's say for Chulin, he could switch to Kachim even, as long as he's still in the mikvah. However, Allah, Imlo Hukzak Machzik. And the case that Rabbi Lazar is talking about is once he got out of the mikvah, if he's still wet, then the, he could change, he can not really change his mind, but if he had a very, just a vague, Lo Hukzak, right? If he had just a vague idea of what he wanted to go in there for, He's still in the position where he can decide at that point, clarify what he went in for. In other words, if he had specific intention, he can't change it. But he had a vague, non-specific intention, he can now clarify it. And therefore, that is what Rebbe Lazar is trying to teach us. And Rebbe Lazar, in fact, agrees with the Brisa that if he had a specific intention, he cannot change it anymore. For that, he would still have to have his foot in the mikvah. Okay. So now the Gemara wants to know, who is this author of the, um, uh, who taught you this one foot mahalach? Right? Who's the author of that brisa? Mantan, who taught you that brisa of the one foot in? You could change your mind. Mantan, Odeo, Ragul, Achas, Mamayim. So, Amar Padas, Rabbi Tas says, Rabbi Huda, that is Rabbi Huda, because we have a mission of Mikvah that teaches you, Mikvish, Nimdad, Vyesh, Barbaim, Sam, Mechuvanos. Awesome halacha here. You have exactly 40 saw. And therefore, guess what? Anybody who comes out of the mikvah is taking some of that mikvah water with them. Okay? So the first guy still has the water of the mikvah on him. He's going to be tar. The second guy, he ain't going into a mikvah that's less than 40 saw. I can tell you that much. I mean, that's full 40 saw, right? Because it was exactly 40 saw. And some of that 40 saw is on Ruvain, who went in before Shimon. So Shimon is not going to be, we're getting into Yavamas mode, so we have to start talking names. So, uh, so some of the 40 Sak left with Ruvain. So now Shimon is not going to be Tar, right? Hi, Rishon Tar, Vashani Tameh. 
Right, that's the Mishnah says in Mikvas that Ruvain is going to be Tahar. This is the seventh parak. And Rishimon is not going to be Tahar because the Mikvah did not have the requisite for saw. To which, Amar Biyudai, Mayu Raglov, Shalrishon, Nogos, Bemaim, Afasheni Tahar. Yeah, that would be true if Ruvain already went home. But if Ruvain's foot is still in the Mikvah, so then by association, we're going to say that all the water that's on top of Ruvain is considered still part of the mikvah, and therefore, Shimon's tvila is good. Wow. So the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute. So, so that's basically, that's Rabbi Yehuda, right? Not like the Tanakama. That's Rabbi Yehuda telling us that we hold that a person's foot being in the water still is as if he's still in the mikvah, and therefore he could change his mind. Wow. So Amr Nachman Rabbi Clearly, this machlokas has to do with Durabanan uh, Tara. Aval mituma letara, which is a, uh, the way you say it when it's Duraisa, divir akol hasheni tame, right? All of this shtick of the foot being in the water still making it count as if he's in the mikvah, all of that is only with the, when he's trying to be matar mi But if he's trying to be matar mi that would not work. The hainu derevi padas. The Gemara says, right, that's all Rabbi Padas. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda, again, this idea of the feet still meaning every, anything when it comes to Kavana and the Mikvah, right, that is only applied to the only way that it works is if that whole Machlokas is within a Darabanon. Because our whole question of the levels of Tumah and switching what your Kavanas were is all within the Darabanan. That Our Mishnah is dealing in the world of Darabanan. So it is in the context of that Mishnah Mikvos dealing with Darabanan that we could say that it's applicable to our Mishnah and therefore um, that is consistent with Rabbi Padas and his understanding of the Mishnah Mikvos. However, there's an alternative uh, way of looking at it. That that machlokas in mikvahs had to do with the daraisa. Some would agree that, in other words, some would say that the uh, foot, right, that when it comes to darabanan, everybody would agree that the second individual is tar. Well, if that's the case, then it has nothing to do with the foot. Then, in other words, the sheni is tar in, in every case. Right, and if the sheni is tar in every case, me um, So then you don't have to get into right um, the, the uh, Rabbi Yehuda shita because everybody would agree that he's tar me and then our Mishnah wouldn't rely on the machlokas Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama. So we see that Rabbi uh, that that when Rabbi Yehuda, I'm sorry, when Rabbi Padas said that it was shita's Rabbi Yehuda, he was talking with Darabanan. Be that as it may, and therefore it would be upliga the Rabbi Padas. That be against, again, the understanding of the Mishnah Mikvahs of Rabbi Padas. But be that as it may, either way, whether you have to say it's like Rabbi Padas that says that the Machlok is Midarabanan, or like everyone else who says that Midarabanan, even the Tanakama would agree. Either way, we have found ourselves a source, right, to the idea that when one person's foot is dipped in the Mikvah, it's as if he's in the, still in the Mikvah. Uh, and a fascinating application of that, which is to say that the guy that's still in the mikvah, that's less than 40 saw, is considered as if he's dunking in a full 40 saw mikvah because all the water that's on Ruvain, who dunked first, is still connected to Ruvain and it's still considered part of the mikvah because his toes are still dipped therein. Oh, says the Gemara, Amar Ula, Bami Rabbi Yochanan. So Ula says, you know, on that issue, I asked Rabbi Yochanan the following question. The Rabbi Yehuda, according to the position of Rabbi Yehuda, so Tzvi, 
topper with his luscious locks of hair is the one that dunked first, okay? And his foot is still in the mikvah. Can we use his hair as a kela mikvah? After all, his hair is connected to his body, which is connected to the mikvah. You got your 40 saw. So let's dunk our small kalim in his hair, right? <laughs> so that's the question he asked Rabbi Yochanan. Chatan vitsinoria, so just needle, needles and spinning forks, which are very small kalim indeed, and you could, you could dunk them in, in Tzvi Tapper's locks of hair. So says the Gemara, good aches isle Rabbi Yehuda, good asik leislei. Do we say that good aches, meaning, uh, back to good aches, that's, remember, Mesech Shabbos? <laughs> so good aches would mean, we know that this individual is connected to the mikvah through his toes. We know that Tzvi Tapper's got the toes connected. He wants to be talking for Truma, obviously, because he's a coin. So he, we know he's connected via his toes, but is it connected up through his head, right? That would be good asik. Oh, Dilma, good asik, nami isle. Maybe this connection to the mikvah not only extends downwards through his toes, as we've discussed, but also ex- extends upward through his luscious head of hair to serve as a Caleb mikvah. So Yochanan answered, Amrali Tnisua. You know what? We have a Brisa. Shalosh Gemamios Benachal. Fascinating case. You have a slope of a valley. And the slope of a valley has three mikvahs, really. But only the middle one is 40 saw. The other ones are less than 40 saw, and they're connected only by tributaries. They're connected by association. So here we go. Hayalyona Hatachtona Vayimsois. Hayalyona right? So top, bottom, middle. Hayalyona Vatachtona Shalestrim Estrim Saw. Right, so the bottom and the top each have less than 40 saw, right? They have less than the requisite 40. They have 20. It's only the middle one that has the requisite 40. And as the aforementioned, right, uh, the aforementioned little torrent of rainwater on a slope is between all of them. Rabbi Yudaimer, Mayor Haya Omer, Rabbi Yudah was a contemporary of the Halegatana Rabbi Mayor, so he called him Mayor because that was his buddy. So Rebuda says, Meir Hayomer Matbil Belyona. You can you can actually dunk things in the top one. Sounds like he holds not only of good achitz, but also of good asik. In other words, the top and the bottom are going to be considered kosher kela mikvahs by association with the middle one, which is a requisite 40. And just like you can be tovel on the top one because of a good, right, asik, so too you should be tovel kalim on top of Tzitapa's head. However, Vatanya Rabbi Yehuda Omer, however, Ula is going to say, wait a minute. We have a Bryce that says, Rabbi Yehuda says, as we turn to the Yotesimah Beis, Meir Haya Omer Matbil Yona Vaniya Omer Betachtona Velobel Yona. The mayor used to say, no, that some say that you could dunk in the upper one, but I say that you can only dunk in the lower one. So we see that Rabbi Yehuda holds, meaning when Rabbi Yehuda quoted it, he said that I disagree with my buddy, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says he's a good Asik, but I only hold uh, that, that it extends downwards. So that was... What Ula answered to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan was not aware of it. So when Yochanan heard this brisa, he said, "Amalei itanya tanya." He said, "Okay, it's a good var." If you heard that brisa, that's what it is. Then I guess that Rabbi Yehuda only holds of Gudachis, in which case, you, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can't be tovel on top of Tzvi Tapasad. Now, according to Rameyer, you could. But according to Rameyer, you could not. So three dots, uh, two dots rather, three lines down on your Tesem base. There's never three dots. Oh, sometimes, but not, not here. Uh, okay. He said that if you are tovel l'chulin, right, then you're only going to be allowed to eat chulin, not my sashani. So he says the Gemara, my masnisin, who's a tanner rabbanan? That's the, the rabbanan. In the famous Mishnah in Parah, 
that we quoted, it's only famous because we learned it yesterday. The Shani Lehu Bein Chulun Lemaiser, right? We say the difference between Chulun Lemaiser, Ema Seifa, but we say there's a Seifa of the Mishnah. Big Day Amaharitz Medrash Leprushin, Big Day Prushin Medrash Lachlai Truma, right? We said the clothing of an Amaharitz is considered Tamei through, right, Medrash for Prushin. Prushin are like Yeshiva guys. But the clothing of Israeli Yeshiva guys um, are considered Tumas Medrash for Tzvitaper, who's a coin, right? In other words, but what's happening here is, look at this. We go straight from Chulin to what? Truma. We skip Meiser Shani. That's the point that we're trying to say, we're making a diuk here. That by going straight from Chulin to Truma, also in the Rebbe Meir. That follows the Rebbe Meir. The Chulin and Meiser Says the Chulin and Meiser are the same with regards to the standards of, of Tahara and Reisha, Rabbanon, Vesefer, Rebbe Meir. So that presents an issue. If you're going to tell me that they're Rabbanon, Right, are going to say that there's a difference between Chulun and Meiser. So what are you going to say? That the, the ratio of the, of the Mishnah is like Rabbanon and the Seifel is like Rameir? So the Gemara in, we see that sometimes ratio of Rabbanon and Seifel are Rameir, that there is a difference. The first part of the Mishnah is like Rabbanon, the second is like Rameir. However, Ravacha Barada, Mazalei Besefer Chamesh Milos. Ravacha Barada learned it in such a way that we could say that there is a distinction and the whole thing is like the Rabbanon. Umoki lakula karabanan. He learned our entire Mishnah like the Rabbanan with all the five levels with the distinction between Chulin and then Meiser and then Truma therein. So we'll resume tomorrow with the second line from the bottom. You test on the base with Rav Mari Bezat Hashem.